Hello, Adam. I'm calling from Boise, Idaho. We have real mountains up here. I've got a question for you. I am looking into hunting boots for archery. I'm new to archery. I'm used to rifle hunting. I've gone through probably five or six different uh, styles of boots, everything from a Cabela's uh, off-brand to Danner Pronghorns. Um, when I first started out, I used my old military uh, issue boots, which were a nightmare. Um, wanted to pick your brain and see what your thoughts are. If you've got an episode coming up on boots, I'd love to hear what your thoughts for stealthiness, durability. I'm tired of spending three, 400 bucks on a boot and it only lasting a season, maybe two with the amount we're hiking and walking. Thanks. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of first generation bow hunter. I am your host, Adam Buchanan, and we are back doing, uh, a little fun topic that was recommended by a listener talking about the best bow hunting boots, but I'm going to expand it to the best bow hunting footwear. We're going to have a lot of fun on this one. This is a pretty interesting and a big topic. Obviously footwear is pretty important. And so I want to dive into a few models that I have enjoyed, break it down by fit, mobility, weatherproofing, and just give you a couple ideas of if you're in the market, if you're, you know, happy with your boots, but might want a second pair or maybe a hybrid pair that does a few other things. And then I also want to have some fun and talk about some unconventional footwear that I've hunted in. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's let's get into this. Let's get into this. Also, just wanted to give a quick update. Got some first-generation bow hunter tees still up for sale. 15 bucks. Drop me a Venmo. They're not going to be at that price for much longer. Once I launch the website huntworks.com, uh, product is going to go up there and the price is going to go up. So jump on that listener offer and you can DM me for details. Drop me some Venmo. We'll get it shipped out to you. But yeah, just drop me a line, Adam underscore Buchanan. We'll get you one of those tees. They're in a light gray right now is the most sizes that I have. So let me know what size you're after. Let's get you taken care of. All right. So best bow hunting boots, bow hunting footwear. Let's get into this. So I'm going to cover a few different models here. We're going to talk about the Danner Higher Ground. We are going to talk about the Crispy Colorado GTX and then the Loa Tibet. Well, and then we have two late editions. The <laughs> this is where we get into the footwear type thing. So we're gonna talk about some Chaco sandals, okay, and some Crocs. The Crocs are camo, so just know that makes that makes a big difference here. So these are all boots and footwear that I've used, and the latest addition to this test was the Loa Tibet. And those just came recently. I was able to get some time on the trail with those, but have not used them as long as the other models. So just a little caveat there, but want to give Loa a, a thank you and a shout out. Uh, those, those were sent for testing purposes and looking for uh, many more experiences in those, but want to get this kind of first initial impression out with those and kind of dive in here. Okay, well, first off, I wanted to weigh each pair of boots 
So this just gives you kind of a base level idea of how these boots are kind of weighing in. And if weight is really important to you, I know in the mobility category, weight is gonna, you know, be discussed. But yeah, a lot of factors here, but I want to start out with weight and also kind of have some fun too. So I've got a little scale in front of me. It's like a postage, you know, something you'd use to like ship stuff out. And so I weighed all the boots. So the Danner Higher Ground, this is also the 400 gram insulin boot. That is coming in at 27.5 ounces. Now, the other boot that came in just about there, slightly lighter, 27.3 ounces, is the Crispy Colorado. And then the Loa Tibet, that came in at 35.2 ounces. So a bit of a jump there. And then we're going to move into our footwear categories here. Let me turn on my scale. I've got the Crocs camo um boot we're gonna do oh it's wet oh dang it i i still, <laughs> i use them for the ice bath and so a little water was dripping out the crocs come in at a solid 6.8 ounces this is per shoe by the way this isn't for a pair and then the reason why i added chacos is because i've used chacos before around camp and whatnot. And I have a funny story about my Chacos. So the Chacos come in at 13.1 ounces. Crocs are at 6.8. Yeah, lots of good stuff there. <laughs> so, you know, the lightest pair of boots is going to be that crispy Colorado just by uh, like very close call. Next one is the Danner Higher Ground. Thing with the Danner Higher Grounds too, kind of the story on those, I had used those for the longest period of hunting. They weren't incredibly stable. They're really good for winter and those those colder temps. The higher ground, I really didn't know what I was getting into when I was buying my first pair of boots. And they were a reasonable price. I mean, they MSRP now for 209 bucks. So it was a nice way to get in without, you know, totally, you know, breaking my budget along with everything else I had to buy. So it's a good entry level. I think it was a little too warm. Everything's relative too. So I didn't realize how warm they were until I started, you know, using them over time, but also getting into another pair of boots. I was like, oh snap, like the, that's why my feet were so darn hot. So some, you know, that was a bit of a, I don't know if it was a mistake, but more of just like a, a folly of comfort and you know but over time as i realized how important feet are i think sometimes i got distracted with other pieces of gear and i didn't give footwear enough focus so if we go down the line here of the fit mobility and weatherproofing let's just talk about the danner higher grounds in that regard so the fit was a little sloppy uh not that really nice i i felt like you know, when I'd get on some like scree or loose rock, the edging was, was not great. It was more of a, you probably throw some snowshoes on. It's, it's very snow focused, very winter focused. And the fit was not super, super tight or, you know, dialed when you get in those edging type of, you know, deals. Um, 
I will say they were comfortable though. So it's not like my feet hurt per se. It was just obviously being a winter boot and I was trying to make them work in August. They're going to be a little toasty. The other side of it too was how, you know, how it wraps around your feet. When I say sloppy, like the tongue was, it just things weren't super tight in together compared to the other boots. And not a deal breaker per se, but just kind of something to be aware of when you get into more of those big 400 gram thinsulate type situations. They're packing a lot of padding and it's not the most like low profile uh, type thing. The mobility kind of talked about that there with the Danners. Um, yeah, I, I'd say like I would define mobility as just getting around comfortably and again like for the thick sole for the you know kind of bigger profile didn't quite really love them i felt like if i wanted to move quick or if i want to close the distance fast i the thing that i didn't love is i just felt like i was thinking about them all the time and i think when you're in a good pair of boots you're not thinking about it, you get to think about other things. So I didn't love how I was just constantly thinking about like the boot and the fit and the sloppiness. They're just, I don't know, I, I think they're a great winter boot that just sits off in the closet until it really drops in temperatures or if you've got to, um, you know, get through some gnarly snow, which I did do. I did a lot of winter hunts in there. And they did great, which brings me to the third category here is weatherproofing. Yeah, I mean, cold-wise, they were top ranking, five stars all the way around. And waterproofing, per se, I don't feel like they did as well. I felt like I was constantly treating them. But, you know, given how long I was in them, I mean, I was probably in them for six seasons. And, and towards the later seasons I was spending way more time in the field so they're getting a little bit more beat up a little bit more winter hunting as I did like the Utah extended type hunts um so you know taking care of your boots is is really important as well I think some people think like well the little Gore-Tex tab is on there so these are Gore-Tex shoes so they just be waterproof forever yeah you know that that you know coating can kind of wear off and depending on what, what you're putting them through. So that definitely happened. I, I don't think they're bad per se. The Danner higher ground, at least one I had, was Gore-Tex. But there is some maintenance along the way. Like make sure you're cleaning them correctly. Make sure you're reapplying that, that coating is, is pretty important. So to kind of recap on the Danner higher ground, that comes in around $200. So watch what climate you're going to be mostly in maybe that is your first pair of boots just like it was for me and they can get you around because maybe more of where you're hunting is, is later season i would just say for those warmer months not super great did not love them they did do really well in snowshoes i, I used them a few times in in that way also did the yak tracks it's kind of a rubberized grippy metal thing that goes on the bottom of your foot just kind of helps with slipping especially on icy conditions which on a packed trail where i have been actually came in handy so you didn't need the big snowshoes per se but having that nice tight yak track is is a pretty nice 
piece of uh, equipment to have. All right, that's the Danner High Ground. Let's jump into the Crispy Colorado GTX. So these run, so the new version is out. I don't have the new version. I have the previous version, which is funny because I noticed on our local classifieds, everyone is, parent, is selling off their Crispy Colorado GTXs. There's a new version. It's It's got a two at the end. So it's like the, you know, the second series. These run for 385 and I've been in these for a season and a half. Each boot weighs 27.3 ounces. I have just absolutely loved these boots. I, you know, the, from the day you put them on, they're slightly stiffer than the Danners, but not totally like steel toe, steel shank, you know, type of stiffness. Like you can get some really good movement out of them and you don't feel like you're doing like a massive break-in period. These are, um, they've got Gore-Tex, they've got a lot of different paneling. So you've got this like rubber outer around the toe and you've got these like different panels of leather and some Gore-Tex. Um, I'd say that's probably what it looks like they improved on the second series was not as much paneling because I feel like the paneling just, the more seams you're putting in a boot, I think the more compromises that you can kind of experience there. And so let's let's talk about fit for a minute. Fit is really, really strong. And, and the thing that Crispy, when I met with them and I bought them at Hunt Expo, like two Hunt Expos ago, I was there and I was like, hey, I'm a Street Shoe 10.5. And they had me sized down. And this is where, you know, talking to an expert is really important and sitting with somebody because if I would have bought these online, I would have just gotten the 10 and a halves. Well, I didn't and because it, they were just talking about how like everyone who gets these, you size down um, a half size. I am so glad that I did. I, I just, and maybe that's what was my problem with the Danners too. Why they're maybe a little sloppy. It could have been just too big. Maybe I should have sized down. You know, I, I was, I think at that purchase too, eight years ago, I was just kind of excited and I want to get out there and I want to have fun. I probably wasn't slowing down and really thinking about some of the things that matter. So if you're buying your first pair of boots, just slow down a little bit. I mean, even if you feel like you're getting a good deal or, oh, it's only a hundred bucks or 150 bucks, just slow down because you'll kind of, I mean, you're relying a lot on, on boots. So so fit really great. I also love the memory foam in the upper. So when you put the boot on, it just kind of wraps around the foot and it just, the, the best way I'd describe it is like a, a ski boot where you just feel like you're really, really locked in, but still flexible. So that, that's been just a really good side on the fit. I also feel like, and maybe again, this is, you know, coming from a 10 and a half and then sizing down to a 10, just that little subtle change of, you know, the, the sizing there, it feels very mobile. So when I get into icky stuff, loose shale, you know, things like that, I feel like I can get around so well. And I was really blown away when I would get into certain stock, you know, situations uh, when I was bow hunting this last season. I could just move very, very quick. I didn't feel like they were ever holding me back or that they were too heavy um, and all of that. So 
not a lot of insulation, I'd say. Um, I don't know what gram these are. I you probably have to pull up the page. Well, it's outdated because this is the older model. But I'm going to say it's maybe like 100 gram, you know, and I'm, and I'm comparing that to the Danner, which is so thick and fat at the 400. So not a lot of, you know, that winter type thing, but I did use these in winter. And when you've got the rubber outer around the whole toe, side of the boot, and then the heel, it's this really nice rubberized weatherproofing strip that is is really really great you know so for sneaking out in the winter and going still makes this like a nice all-around boot that can do multi-season so i love it for that uh kind of blasted through those categories pretty quick there not much else on mobility i the thing i liked again on the break-in there just really wasn't a break-in i i remember like and i think some people think like oh i've got a break in my boots some ways i like that secure stiff feeling maybe everyone's a little different but the feeling i get uh now compared to the first day i put them on is very similar and that was one thing i asked them too and this is what you should ask you know the boot salesman is say hey you know tell me about the break-in what's the break-in like and also tell me about what can i expect to get out of these if i'm hunting x times um a year and walking this many miles you know do you have some kind of gauge there that was the other thing i really liked the black ovis uh, guy who was selling me these boots really could kind of break it down that way just by the sheer fact that they've you know had so many hunters in these boots they've talked to so many people really really good data coming back from that so that really helped me feel really comfortable spending a little bit more coin on a pair of boots um you know, versus like getting another budget pair and not really knowing what, what they can do. So I definitely rank these the highest. I've had the most fun in them in my hunting experience. I just don't think about my feet. I know they're going to be covered. Uh, the one thing I really started being a little bit more stringent about is making sure I'm always wearing gaiters. I just get in some really icky stuff and I don't love when there's a bunch of stickers all over my boots. I I hate that because I'm like, man, I really want to take care of these things. So been doing that a lot more and, and loving that. So that's been that's been a fun fun deal. Yeah. Props to Crispy. Um, you know, I'd say on the last thing I'll say on the Crispies, the the weatherproofing is pretty good, but I, I've had to spray them down a few times, especially this last season. They were they were kind of taking on some water. Um, so got to make sure that you know i'm following the care instructions correctly and and all that good stuff boom okay let's get into the mothership here call this the mothership because like when you hold the loa to bet like you just feel it in your hands it's got some heft i mean this thing i i'm an old mountaineer i used to climb mountains in the winter and you know you got the ice axes the crampons this feels like it could almost be that like crampon compatible. Oh man, I'm trying to flex it right now. And it's definitely got more of that uh, steel shank in, in the sole. A lot more, you know, durability. I mean, this thing is, it came to party for sure. So the Loa Tibet, this comes in at 35.2 ounces. And this thing runs for $400. 
So big, pretty big step up from like, let's say like that entry level Danner or, you know, that winter specific type boot. Thing I like about this at first glance and what I really enjoyed in their design is the panels are a lot larger and like the upper panels on the boot above that rubberized bottom. And I, I feel like if this thing's gonna take on water, it's gonna be a lot harder because even on the inside of the boot, it's really one piece of giant leather. And on the outside, it's two pieces of leather, two cuts per se, but there's really just like one seam. But when you look at the crispy, there's a lot of paneling going on. And I think the paneling can help with breathability. But the thing I get worried about with too much paneling or too many seams is, is water getting in. So I love that Loa, you know, took that extra care and that extra like construction and made it really more of one piece of leather. You're gonna have a little bit more security on the laces side. So you come up even a little bit higher. That was the other thing with the low I noticed is I just, it is secure as heck. Oh man, it's, it's stiff. You know, you're gonna wanna spend a little bit more time in these. And when we talk about break-in, I don't think we're necessarily saying like, and this is actually one thing that the crispy guy told me is it's not like you're breaking in the boot. It's more like your foot is getting a little bit more accustomed to that type of experience. So kind of like that. And just that thought it is winter right now. And this is when I was using these loas slightly thicker, uh, going to feel a little bit more thickness, um, especially in the upper. So it kind of helps with keeping that heat in and that type of thing. Another thing I just want to point out too with fit and heat, and this is what I learned in my ski rental shop days when I was in college. So a lot of people would come in and they're getting their ski boots on, they're coming in from New York or whatnot, and they're like, hey, look, I got my socks and there's these thick gargantuan socks, super, super thick. Well, the problem with that is when you wear such thick socks, you put a ski boot on, you tighten it down, and it just clenches your foot. Well, there's an artery on your foot, it runs over the top of the foot. If that artery gets too much compression, it'll stop pumping blood to the foot. That's actually what makes your feet cold. Kind of interesting there. So if you're finding that you're constantly having cold feet, sometimes the temptation is, oh, I gotta put on thicker socks. It's definitely not the case. I actually made that mistake skiing a few weeks ago in Idaho. I had these big thick socks and I was like loving the comfort, loving them a ton. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna wear these, my ski boots, huge mistake. I wasn't in them 15 minutes and my feet were frozen. Then I put on the thin socks and instantly it was like, I put my feet into a heater. Same thing with hunting, just be thoughtful of not putting on too thick of a socks. I really love these Carhartt socks that I've had. I don't think they're anything specific or specialized or anything like hunting specific, but I've really liked those. And then I'll get a pack of, I don't know, like a six pack of the Cabela's socks, like out of the bargain bin for like 15 or 20 bucks. And I'll use those for a whole season. So I kind of bounce between Carhartt and the Cabela socks, but 
Yeah, just just be thoughtful of like, oh, well, you know, I spent all this money on this fancy boot and my feet are freezing. There's other factors involved and socks are usually the main culprit. Uh, in, in terms of mobility, you're going to get a lot more stiffness in this Tibet, and that's what I've noticed. It's it, not necessarily bad, though. I mean, for me, I am in a lot of rock. I'm in a lot of mixed trails, stepping over deadfall, all sorts of things. So it, sometimes it just takes time to understand. Like, if you're in your first one or two seasons, you're kind of taking in so much that maybe you're not really noticing you know, a whole lot about your landscape quite yet. Like you're still taking that in of like, where am I going to be? What am I going to be doing? So that's one thing that just kind of comes with time. Like you may not want a stiff boot right now because you're kind of easing into hunting and you're not doing the crazy terrain yet. So that's something to think about. I would say this is going to be more for like the intermediate expert who really knows what they want. They want that stiffness. They're okay with a little bit more weight and they, they want a beast, you know, that, that's what I kind of took away from the Loa Tibet. It is full out beast town. Still has a pretty good fit though. I mean, you know, the upper, um, when you slip this thing on, it, it really is wrapped around your foot. The toe box feels a little bit bigger than crispy, but you're probably like, well, duh, Adam, the, the sizing is a little different. Maybe in the low, I should have sized down as well because what they sent me was a 10 and a half because I wasn't thinking too clearly and I should have slowed down and asked. But that that's just, you know, I still make mistakes <laughs> after all these years. So watch that fit and, and really ask, like, would you size down? And you'd be surprised. You, you really, you really can. And even in my smaller crispies, the tens, I don't feel like I get toe bang. So toe bang is where you're cruising down the, the mountain and you're going downhill and your foot is constantly stopping and your toe is smacking into the front. You definitely don't want that. So be thoughtful about the size. Toe bang is the absolute worst. Generally it happens more when you're skiing and that is, oh, that's the worst. On the weatherproofing of the Loa on that third category, yeah, it's, I mean, most of these boots are all made with Gore-Tex. This one is as well. I love the paneling. I just didn't feel like anything was coming in. And they're not trying to make it necessarily visually appealing. It's a very plain looking boot. But I, you know, again, when you're out there and you're really expecting a lot from your gear, you don't necessarily need the deer to think that your boots are cute. So, yeah. That's that's that one. All right, let's have some fun. Let's talk about some fun stuff. Crocs. Oh, man. Dude, I used to give Crocs the worst time. Like, oh, my gosh. I just thought they were meh. You know, just goofy looking. What would you ever use them for? So Crocs are awesome. I got to be honest. I use them every day. I use them in the ice bath. But around camp, they are absolute money. The thing I like about these two is you can like slip into some really thick socks, really kind of lean more on that comfort. And they're awesome, especially for backpacking. So for a pair of Crocs, it's 6.8 ounces per Croc. So you're in, you know, 14 ounces and they kind of hang off the outside of your pack. Around camp, 
that's why I like these. So wouldn't be out cranking on the trails and obviously this is more for around camp. So yeah, that's that's kind of why I brought this one up. Um, the fit actually, if so if I'm a 10 and a half, uh, these are gonna be an 11 and that fits great. You can fit my big thick sock in there. I'm sliding around. I'm not using this for anything other than walking to the ice bath every day and around camp. So yeah, really fun. Mobility, there's this super funny video that I saw on Instagram where, you know, you have the croc strap. It kind of goes up and down. So it can go around your back of your foot or stay on the front and then it's kind of a slip on. And there's this guy who's talking about crocs and two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive. And it shows him running across water, I think. I think it's ice. And he's like, yeah, it's pretty great. So like when he's got the strap around his ankle, calls it four-wheel drive and he can like do anything super funny um yeah i i'm actually gonna do a video where i'm gonna shoot my crocs with my bow because i'm gonna put holes in the bottom of the sole so it has more drainage um i i constantly am like trying to drain my crocs even though you're laughing at me right now you're like dude they've got holes all through the front but when i use the ice bath the heel fills up with water and it's the off season. I'm super bored. I want to shoot my Crocs. So don't judge me. Um, yeah, that's what I've got for the Crocs. They're more around camp, obviously. All right, here's my quick funny story on the Chacos. So I actually shot uh, one of the biggest bucks in my hunting experience with Chacos on. This was such a deal, man. Oh, my gosh. So I was in Moab. It's opener. I go out all morning, having a great morning, see some animals, but nothing really in shooting distance. Well, I get back to camp and I am hot as all get out. I and mean, it's like mid-August. I'm in Southern Utah and it is hot. And so I'm like stripping down, getting down to my uh, short t-shirt and I'm slipping on my Crocs, okay? And I was like, you know, I'm gonna side in my bow. It's like 9.30 in the morning. I should be out there, but I just had this gut feeling that I was like, man, I haven't taken the time to set up my bow. I don't want to screw up a shot. So I go set my target out. And as I'm going out to set my target at like 30, 40 yards, there is a buck right at a creek taking a drink. And it's like 20 yards from the target into the trees. Well, good news was he was behind a lot of cover and I was able to slip back in my Chacos, mind you, and go get my bow and come back and, and able to take a shot. Oh man, it was such a bummer. As I think about it now, the whole point was I was going to sight of my bow and, but I took a shot and it was at 20 yards. I mean, total chip shot, my gosh. And it shot way high. Um, it was a lung shot, which I thought I was like feeling pretty good about, but it should have been way lower on the animal. It was way too high. And unfortunately, I, I do talk about this on another episode, but got on the blood trail and spent pretty much all day and lost the blood trail. I was super sick about it. Oh man, I still think about that buck. But I was wearing Chacos when I shot it. Maybe it's a bad idea to wear Chacos. It's terrible. Maybe it's a bad omen. Maybe I should just 
chuck these in the trash. I don't know. Um, but no, it, it was me. That was, that was user error. The one thing though, I will say, and this was a dumb mistake was, you know, here I am wearing chacos shooting this deer. Well, shoot the deer and I'm still wearing my chacos. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I gotta go. You know, I wanted to wait the period, but, um, you know, wait 45 minutes or so. But, um, I'm like, well, I can't do anything in these stupid chacos. I had to go back and like switch them out. And then I didn't put pants on. I just kept my shorts on, which is also a mistake because I got in some really gnarly scrub oak and like all these bushes and things that made the blood trail really hard to, to kind of keep track of this animal. Yeah, I just got excited. I mean, I was just super, super excited about that buck. It was full velvet, four by four. I mean, it was, it had been, yeah. Still think about that one. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Obviously, in the first three pairs, I take it a little more seriously. In the last two pairs, not so much. That's how we do it here on First Generation Bowhunter. If you've got any questions about specific boots, maybe I have tried them in the past, but those are the ones that I have the most experience with. And it kind of gives you, you know, a bit of a range of what you can expect. Also, how much to spend. I would think about the three to $400 level, to be honest. And also just really watch those insulates of how much insulation the boots have. Because man, you do not want to be in 85, 90 degree weather in a 400 gram insulate boot, which I've done before. And it's, it's not pretty. The other thing, there's a bit of a temptation to get like a low top. So I've got an Oboe's Backfire or Backtrack can't remember the name it's kind of a really burly hiker but it's it's not a boot it's low low cut Ugh, i tried the stuff you get into especially out here in the west it's icky i mean the stickers the bushes all that you could probably get away with it with maybe some gators but even then i don't know the, the stability is so so important with a high top so that's why i kind of lean you towards that way well, that has been episode 56, all things footwear, what are the best bow hunting boots, and I hope it helped you in some way. If it did, please pass it along to a fellow first-generation bow hunter. You could text them, take a screenshot of how you're listening to the show, post it on Instagram. I, I'd sure love it. Also, if you could just take a moment, slow down, take a moment, hop over to Apple Podcasts, drop a review. I would love a rating and a review. That That is super, super appreciated. And let me know on those t-shirts. If you'd like one, shoot me your size on Instagram. Let's ship that out. Because clearly I've got a scale for weighing boots. I can also weigh t-shirts and then ship them out. Ah, love it. All right. Well, hope to see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening and subscribing. We'll catch you on the next one.